Welcome to Counterthought, a podcast conserving America's freedom, culture, and values. This is Brian Kletter, the creator and host of the podcast. You can engage with the podcast on Instagram at counter underscore thought or at Counterthought CEO and on our Facebook page, Counterthought Podcast. For audio versions of the podcast, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. And for video versions of the podcast, join us on YouTube at the Counterthought channel. Let's go. There have been protests across America, on college campuses, in major cities, and even in major cities across the world that are anti-Israel, anti-Zionism, and anti-Jew. Many of these individuals are not Palestinians. They are white progressives, which begs the question, are these progressives anti-Semitic or just fools? Welcome to Counterthought. It's been a little more than two weeks. It's been 17 days since the October 7th attack by Hamas on Israel, claiming more than a thousand lives of Jews and Americans. And ever since that day, there have been protests in America, protests against Israel, against Jews, against Zion. Those are the three ways that they're being categorized. It's like, oh, I'm not anti-Jew. I'm not, I'm anti-Israel. I'm not anti-Israel. I'm anti-Zionism. They're one in the same. They're one in the same. And these protests, as I said in the intro, it's it's not like it's just Muslims or Palestinians or Hamas supporters who are protesting. Many of these protesters, especially on college campuses, are actually white progressives. And progressives, as I've talked about a few times on this show, are not the brightest individuals. What they do is they have a fealty to victimhood and always wanting the next thing. That is the definition of a progressive. You are progressing forward. However, in the political sense, in the human rights sense, these progressives, whenever they just want to do the next thing, the next thing is not always the best thing. What we see time and time again from these individuals in the progressive movement is that they are never satisfied. And even when something is, and because of that, when something is good, they cannot be satisfied. But the next thing is not always the best thing. And eventually they will go down and fall off the cliff and things will just get worse. An easy example of this is energy in our country. They want to get rid of fossil fuels. Well, America and the world is still dependent on fossil fuels. And regardless of the experts that say, hey, there is no infrastructure in America that can support what is being recommended by like 2035 to be all on electric vehicles. That infrastructure is not going to happen. Do you know how long it takes to build the infrastructure to be able to support that? Our electric grid isn't even up to snuff. And then you're talking about adding on to that electric grid and everything that goes that is involved in being able to support millions of electric vehicles. And then not to mention what's going to happen to the people who are currently in the fossil fuel industry and what's going to happen to those businesses. But what results is just handouts from the government saying, oh, here's a couple billion dollars. Go, you know, go do this thing, build an electric vehicle. 
And despite all these warnings from these experts that this cannot be done, what do the progressives do? Carry on forward. You know, protest against fossil fuels. California, as I've talked about before on the show, has implemented a 2035 <clears throat> a mandate for new vehicles being sold in the state to all be electric. And then grandfathered in will be the fossil fuel gasoline dependent um, vehicles. But this is the downfall, the fault of progressivism. Progressivism, when it first began, was not this way. But now it has been hijacked, and it is now just this um, it is just this movement where they are never satisfied, even if the next step is not the right step or the best step. And that ties into what is going on here, I believe, with these protests. So these protests, when it comes to the white progressives that are involved, I believe is due to intersectionality. Intersectionality, if you are unaware, is like an inverted totem pole. So intersectionality is based on victimhood. And I've talked about victimhood in episode 35 and episode 82 of this podcast. Go back and watch them. Or listen. Victimhood says that if you are part of some minority group, whether it's based on your race or your sexuality or a couple other different um, different identifiers, that you are a victim if you are in the minority. If you are black, you're, in, you're a victim. If you are gay, you're a victim. If you are trans, you are a victim. All of these different identifiers. And as I talked about in episode um, 35, which is the dangers of <clears throat> identity politics, there is a good method when it comes to your identity, and then there is a bad method. The good method would be like Martin Luther King Jr. in his speech, you know, his famous speech, I have a dream, where he wanted black Americans to come together and be proud of their identity. He wanted white Americans to come together and further the black movement and make sure there is equality for all, but not just equality for black Americans, but for all Americans. And that again, famously in his speech that People would not be seen by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. And then the bad method of, of identity politics is a common enemy, where it is like me and my brother against my other brother or my cousin, or me against my brother or my sister, or me and my cousin against my brother, always trying to one-up the other and their identity. And victimhood is all about being in the minority in some way, shape, or form. So what happens in intersectionality is you have victimhood on top of victimhood. Just like I described in the bad method. If you are black, victim. Okay? Intersectionality then says, okay, you have your black individual, but then you have a black individual who is also gay or a lesbian. All right, well, that's two. That is two to one. So then the person who has two, you know, victims, victimhood identifiers, they are now higher on this totem pole, this inverted totem pole. And you just keep climbing that totem pole, the more and more ways in which you can identify as a victim. And in episode 82, I talk about 
how the Democrat, especially the progressive wing with the Democrat Party, is all about victimhood and is trapped in identity politics. This victimhood mentality that they have, this hierarchy where the more you are a victim, the more you are rewarded. And this is almost, this is used as like a, a counter to privilege. You'll hear all the time about white privilege. If you are white, you grew up with privilege in this country. I have another episode about privilege. So many episodes about these topics. Uh, please go back and listen to them or, or watch them. But what it says, if you are, you know, if you are white in this country, especially if you're like white middle class or upper middle class, whatever, you have so much white privilege. Now, if you are not white in this country, then you did not have these privileges. So a way to counteract the white privilege is to have victimhood privileges. Again, to be rewarded for your victimhood. And you're just continuing to climb up this totem pole, this hierarchy, this ladder to get up to the top the best that you can, which again is part of that bad method where it is a common enemy, me against someone else. And that I believe is where we find these white progressives that are joining in these protests against Israel that are in support of Palestine and especially those that are in support of Hamas. What I believe is, is happening here is that these white progressives are caught up in their fealty to the Lord of victimhood. And right now there is something going on of this intersectionality where they are trapped. This intersectionality trapped is this ranking of the of the identities. Okay, so Muslims in the world are about two billion people. Two billion people. Israel, far less than that. So you go back to you know the victimhood mentality. That would put Jews as a minority. However, move over to America, where you and I live. And it is Muslims who are in the minority. Muslims are now in the minority, not, not Jews. There are millions of Jews in the United States. Many are in New York. There are more Jews in New York City than there are in Tel Aviv in Israel. Many are in South Florida. Many are in Southern California. Spread all over these large uh, metropolises, in the United States. But now that we are in America, again, Jews are more in the minority. Muslims are in the minority. So it's flipped. So now the Muslims are a minority. And then Palestine, Palestinians, an even smaller group, they are definitely in the minority. So this ranking is, is going on. And what these protesters believe, these white progressive protesters, what they believe is that Israel is in the wrong because Israel is not seen as the, the victim here. They are not in the minority. They're seen as in the majority and as colonizers. Protesters believe that Israel is a colonizer, that they colonized Palestine, despite all the history of what has taken place in that area of the world, in that region. There have been multiple wars there that have impacted the, the size of Israel and the size of of Palestine in the area they have. There are Palestinians in the West Bank, which is Israel and Jordan. There are Palestinians in the Gaza Strip, as we know from this attack. 
and that is where Hamas is located. There are Palestinians in Israel. In Israel, about 20% of Israel's population are Arabs, are Muslims, Palestinians living in, in Israel. So the protesters, again, they believe that Israel is a colonizer, that they colonized Palestine. That God, And you'll hear this if you haven't heard already, Gaza is an apartheid state, which again, it goes back to racism. And um, because of race, a population is confined to a certain region because of their race. So you've heard time and time again, an apartheid state. And there is this map, this visual that has been shared millions upon millions of times across Instagram, across X, across all other different social media platforms, probably Facebook, that has a timeline going back, I believe, to like 1920s or 48 when Israel was 1948 when Israel was uh, became a country, became a state, and you just see the green like shrinking, 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 as this timeline goes to present day, and the the green is representative of Palestinians and and their their territory there in that area, and how it just continues to shrink, to shrink, to shrink, to shrink, to shrink. That has been shared again millions of times as evidence that Israel is the one who is oppressing Palestinians. And as I talked about in our last episode, college student groups believe, just like at Harvard, 33 student groups signed on to a letter saying that Israel deserved these attacks. The Harvard president push back on that. Many universities have had to distance themselves from these student groups saying like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, like we didn't, we don't co-sign this. Many of the wealthy, very wealthy individuals, alums of these universities are pulling their, their funding, their donations from these colleges, which is obviously going to get the attention of these universities because we know money talks. But these Palestinians, they believe that Israel deserved the attack and that Hamas and Palestine deserve to be free going back to the apartheid state, want freedom. And not only freedom, quote unquote freedom, but freedom from Israel's oppression and their land back. You have probably heard this, the, the phrase, the saying, the chant that is occurring during these protests saying, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Well, that river is the Jordan River. And for those of you who are not familiar with the geography, the Jordan River resides on the east side of Israel. It is the border of Israel and Jordan. And then the sea, the Mediterranean Sea, is on the west side of Israel, the western border of Israel. You know, you can fill in the blank there. From the river to the sea, Israel's in between. That means no more Israel. All Palestine. So that is what these protesters believe. They believe that Israel is a colonizer. They believe that Gaza and the Palestinians are in an apartheid state. They believe that Israel deserves the attack because of these things and that Hamas and Palestine deserve to be free, free from the oppressors that is Israel. And this has led to a rise in anti-Semitism in the United States. Now, I think there are a couple things going on here, because usually when you think about anti-Semitism or claims of anti-Semitism when it comes in the political, political arena, it is, you know, the far right wing, right? The white supremacists, and those are the, anti, the anti-Semites, those who want death to Jews. 
But what we are seeing here in this sunlight that is revealing a whole lot since this attack, a whole lot about what is truly going on in the higher education and the colleges and universities and the indoctrination that is going on here. But what has been revealed is that there, I think there are serious anti-Semites, but this is now coming from right, the progressive left. And in 2021, there are FBI statistics that say, tracks hate crimes, the FBI tracks hate crimes. That says in the United States of America, more than a majority of the hate crimes are against Jews. Against Jews. And that the FBI in that same survey tracked that about 9% of hate crimes in the U.S. are against Muslims. Going back a couple of days, Karine Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, she was asked about the rise in anti-Semitism and, and you know, what is being done about that <clears throat> from the White House. What is being done about that when it comes to maybe Homeland Security and the executive branch being, being involved? And she didn't even comment on the rise in anti-Semitism. I mean, these protests are clear as day, plain as day, happening in broad daylight. The chants are clear. You can audibly hear and recognize what is being said. It is, it is not a secret. But she switched quickly, immediately to Islamophobia and saying, hey, you know, like no Islamophobia. And I first remember hearing about Islamophobia going back to, you know, the days, the weeks, the months, you know, the first couple of years after the attacks of 9-11, right? And that for don't, you know, do not attack then American Muslims that are here in this country. But she didn't even acknowledge, Karine Jean-Pierre KJP didn't even acknowledge <clears throat> the increase and the rise in the recent weeks of anti-Semitism in this country. It qu she quickly pivoted immediately to Islamophobia which plays right into this mindset of victimhood and minority status. But Americans, I've heard on different radio programs, you know, actual American Jews that are calling into these programs talk about the fear that they are living in, that they are going out and buying guns in order to protect themselves while they're at home. Maybe they're even getting a concealed carry permit, depending on what state they live in. If they live in Florida, like South Florida, they can do the constitutional carry to protect themselves because with these thousands of individuals and these hundreds upon hundreds of protests that are happening in America that are anti-Israel, anti-Jew, anti-Zion, again, whatever you want to call it, they're all one and the same. These American Jews are in fear that an attack could come against them, whether it's at their house, whether it's on the street, whether it is at their schools or their synagogues. They are living in fear because of these protests and the light that has been shown on these individuals as what is truly going on in the minds of these individuals. And why should these American Jews believe that something might not happen against them? Again, going back to 2021, which was two years before this attack, anti-Semitic attacks, hate crimes against Jews are already the majority. So now you're just piling on to that majority, which is fostering this fear within the American Jewish community. But are these white progressive protesters, are they truly anti-Semitic or are they just fools? I think there's a little bit of both. These 
white progressives that are joining alongside their Palestinian brothers and sisters are fools. They're fools because they are being loyal, again, fealty to their king of, of victimhood. They, for the tens of thousands of days of their lives, right, that they have lived, probably have not done anything that would say that they are anti-Semitic, right? That they are racist against Jews or against Israel. However, because they believe wholeheartedly in this victimhood mentality and this intersectionality, in this instance, they believe Israel is, is the oppressor and that Hamas or the Palestinians and Hamas's attack are justified because those individuals need to be free. They're anti-colonialists, right? All of these terms that they've come up with to describe Israel. So I believe they have been indoctrinated and are now having to believe that, okay, it's time for me to pull up my victimhood and intersectionality chart and figure out where I need to stand in this protest in order to make sure that I am staying true to my indoctrinated beliefs regarding victimhood and the intersectionality of victimhood. Now, this is these individuals who are completely blind to what is actually going on are getting themselves into a ton of trouble especially if their identities are, are able to be revealed. Job offers have been pulled. School scholarships are being pulled. Talked about in the last episode, college students being blacklisted because CEOs are saying, hey, we want to know the names of these students who are protesting against Israel, against Jews, who are openly supporting not just Palestine, but um, openly supporting Hamas, a terrorist group. We want to know the names of these individuals so they cannot be employed by our firms, by our companies. We don't want that mentality in our company and then just hiding behind the corporatism until you know one day they, they rise up and, and protest. So there are severe consequences for these individuals that are doing what they are doing in regards to these protests. And it is this foolishness, this this indoctrination that has taken over their minds for them to believe what it is that they believe. Again, I believe it's a little bit of a mixed bag. Some of these protesters, these white progressive protesters could truly be anti-Semites, but I believe a majority of them are just fools. They have bought into the lie. Their mind is warped. It is deformed. And they pulled out their intersectionality victimhood chart and you know, in the upper right-hand corner, it says Hamas and Palestine and Gaza. And in the bottom right-hand corner or the lower left-hand corner, you know, underneath in this totem pole would be Israel and Jews. And based on that chart determines where the loyalties lie. And for the sake of these kids... Well, not even kids, because a lot of them are, are full-fledged adults, right? They're in college. Sure, they're still developing, but if you didn't go to college, you'd be out on your own and you would be considered an adult. I hope 
their minds can be changed. I hope they will see what it is that they are doing, that they will realize what it is that they are doing, what it is they are saying, what it is that they are supporting. But right now, there is no sign that that is going to occur. And in this moment, for the two weeks, the 17 days since the October 7th attack by Hamas on Israel, it has just been 17 days of foolishness by these white progressives. And they are finally, finally seeing and experiencing consequences for their actions. Thank you for listening to Counterthought, a podcast conserving America's freedom, culture, and values. Remember to subscribe and like or rate the podcast on your podcast app or on YouTube and engage with the podcast on Instagram at counter underscore thought at counterthought CEO or on Facebook at counterthought podcast.